0: George Hey, baby, what's that? We got assholes, scumbags, jerkoffs, and dipshits. And they all vote. He was funny, he was smart, he was opinionated. I wanted to be just like him. And he was just so cool. Here's the list of words you can't say all the time. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cock, sucker, motherfucker, and tits. And the crowd goes crazy. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cock, sucker, motherfucker, tits. They arrested me for profanity. The Supreme Court restricts the broadcast of dirty words. I'm gonna jump to it right now. He's the Beatles of comedy. I began this dream of standing in front of people and having their attention. My mother was his biggest champion. She just had a way of lifting people up and believing in them. They were comrades in arms, but then what happened was super started. My mom was alone all the time. She's feeling left behind. And now the drugs are there and that really did undermine everything in our family. I did as much cocaine as there was in the immediate three-county area at that (laughs) time. He had collapsed in on himself. My career began to wane. I had to find my voice. In 1988, we were going to go to the show to laugh at him because he was this older comic, and Carlin came out with, like, a howitzer. Now they're thinking about banning toy guns, and they're going to keep the fucking real one! You didn't want to be that George Carlin anymore. You want to be a different George Carlin. What I really was was a rebel. Can't educate our young people, can't get health care to our old people, but we can bomb the shit out of your country, all right? Stand up's the hardest thing. He did the hardest thing for the longest time. He was challenging society to be better. Life is sacred? Who said so? God? hey if you read history you realize that god is one of the leading Mm. causes of death (laughs) george is still relevant he changed comedy three or four times and he's still talking to us things that he was getting at were so profound to the culture what would you do if you were the planet trying to defend against this pesky species oh viruses they try to divide people so that they can run off with all the fucking money bullshit is the glue that binds us as a nation it's the american dream you have to be asleep to believe it. Oh. So, good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I'm trying to find some footage because something happened. If you've been living under a rock, that wonderful documentary came out in May. It was for me it was an event. It was Friday night. I watched it and then, you know, I I had a little fun and then I had to finish it on Saturday because you can't uh, you know, you can't focus when you've had a little fun. But uh that was May 20th, I believe, and here we are, September 6th. And something happened at the Emmys. Something wonderful <laughs> happened. And first and foremost, those those who are involved with what happened. You got to give thanks to Kelly Carlin McCall. You got to give thanks to Judd Apatow, Judd Apatow, and Michael Bonfilio, E.P. Teddy L- Leifer, um Joseph Begien- uh oh, jeez. Now I gotta get it out. Konsky, Amanda Glaze, and producer Wayne Fetterman. This was amazing, and I'm trying to look for the speech. Kelly Carlin accepted the Emmy along with those who helped to bring this documentary that had won for best um, outstanding documentary or nonfiction special. It was <laughs> amazing. I'm so happy it won. Awards don't matter, but in this aspect, when it's a documentary about probably the one of the greatest comedians of all time, um, the dean, they called him the dean of comedy, um, Kelly Carlin said this, I want to thank my parents, Brenda and George, a couple of things my dad would want to say to you tonight, one of which is remember to take care of each other and go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This documentary um now I know people who haven't watched it yet because this is this is true you you have to get into the mode you have to it, it, that's why it's an event you have to get ready to watch this documentary and I got ready I psyched myself up that week up until it premiered, and I thought, oh jeez, and I psyched myself up, and I absolutely loved it I loved it and um it was pretty bru it was pretty raw, it was raw because yeah, it starts off with the fun and then you know something happens, something happens, and um cocaine and a lot of shit went down and emotions and people died brenda Brenda Carlin died twenty five years ago and um I, I you know I really dived into that story when I got a copy of. Kelly Carlin's, uh, a a Carlin Home Prairie or a Home Companion, and and listened to it throughout the pandemic. And it was intense, and I I sent her a message and she thanked me for it, where I said your book got me through the pandemic. I said you know, I I now have a new kind of window into what it was like for you and what it was like. You know, being the keeper of, of your father's flame. Um So when was it the nineteenth or twentieth? Yep, it's the twentieth. Here we go. sloppy work because you've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. God left out a few things. (laughs) Slavery. Mm And, and and that was me watching it and filming it because I'm I'm such a nerd, and um, I, I loved it, I loved it, and I'll watch it again. I mean, my question is, what isn't it going to come out on DVD? Because you know, sometimes I want to have the physical copy. I have his best of called my my stuff, which is all is his main, um, you know, his specials. And, George Carlin really changed the landscape of comedy. I mean, you know, he started out as a hippy dippy weatherman, and then boom, counterculture, and and that really that made a real difference in people's hearts and in his heart. Because I think hippy dippy weatherman, he felt he was he was playing a parody of himself. He wanted to be freer, you know, be the real. George Carlin. This documentary is epic, okay, and um i I think about two years ago, I had my cousin on here on the Doctor Zeus film podcast because he met George, and like many, he said George wasn't always on That's the thing is people always expected him to be funny, but when he got on that stage and he let it rip, oh fuck, yeah, he let it rip. With some words that you can't see on television and a place to put my stuff and talking about abortion and talking about I I mean, he there are memes of him. He was a meme before it was a meme, you know, and we quote and we look at his stuff. as very prophetic and he had given up on society a long time ago and I saw an interview where his daughter was saying that he gave up on society very early on and then and she was like but I still have to live in it and he said well the country's fucked the planet will be fine but we're fucked and i mean if he if he had lived to see covid but then again he probably saw it coming <laughs> you know with germs and infectious diseases and we <laughs> i mean my thing of it is and i've told people this is that I think, you know, people want to trash this planet and go to another planet. And it doesn't work that way. We are a consumer nation. We're, we're a consumer planet. We take things and we throw it away. And then we got pack rats. I'm kind of a little bit of a pack rat. I mean, if you saw my room, it looks like a hippie lives here. And I'm not totally a hippie or maybe a hippie dippy weatherman, but I don't... You know, give you the weather. I mean, it's it's hot as fuck right now here in California. And global warming. And I was talking today at work, and we we're talking about Carlin, and I said he was naturally smart because he knew language. You know that he knew the ins and outs of language, and he studied it. And his mother, I think, it got a little of that also from his mother because his mother was an advertisement person. And then his father, his father was a comedian or funny, and he also, you know, gave really good speeches. So he was an orator and he had that in him. But This documentary, I mean, oh, my God. Like I said, it was it was an event. It was an event. And I know, f- us, uh, you know, a few people who haven't watched yet. And I understand now it's because you can't just put this on. You have to be ready. You have to set aside some time and you have to be ready because this is, this is a two-fucking-parter. And I wanted to do a show on this, not just the fact that it won an Emmy, but also to thank Kelly Carlin McCall because that's, that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to be the keeper of both your father and mother's flame. So then when people ask you questions about them, you have to you can only give them so much because there's a part of it that you have to retain for yourself because that's their legacy so and i and i can understand it and and i you know if people want to bombard kelly with questions about her father and i think at the same time a lot of those unanswered questions are in his art in terms of how he saw things i mean if you don't know George Carlin's stance on things since you haven't watched his specials and you haven't watched how he mist- he distrusted both sides of the coin, both, you know, political sides. Um, Joan Rivers said something very interesting in her documentary piece of work that we're gonna honor George at the Ken- at the Kennedy Center, and she says this is everything that George wasn't he hated the establishment which is true he hated the establishment yep so joan rivers joan rivers mate that was a good point she made because what what would he have had would he would have accepted it you know go to washington and accept this posthumous honor as a ghost i think we always kind of ask ourselves what what might have been if he were here now okay he would be 85 years old all right be 85 years old and he probably wouldn't be doing stand-up anymore he'd probably be writing books <sighs> but then again he's george carlin that's like saying Lemmy me killmeister would still be here in his 80s no um when you are in that business, you look at someone like Lemmy Kilmeister, who did sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and and didn't regret it, and lived to be 70 years old. And then you look at George Carlin. George Carlin lived to be 71 years old, okay? And he had a ball. He had a ball. And maybe that was his purpose for 71 years, not for 80 years, not for 90 years, not for 100 So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, you know, some some have said, oh, he burned the candle with both ends. He he didn't just burn it. He ripped it apart. Okay, he stood out there. And then what I love about this documentary is it's the different parts. You know, it's okay. He meets Brenda and then he gets in a comedy and then she basically is his manager and his publicist and. And and it was and it was a, it was a it was a family circus. And then and then Kelly comes into the picture and is born and things totally changed. And then Lenny Bruce. So it's the beginnings and the 70s and toward the end of the 70s, he felt burnt out. And then the 80s, everything changed. <sighs> so, yeah, and his health and and the 90s were a renaissance for him they were a renaissance because you know if you think of i remember hearing about jamming in new york and, and that was 30 years ago in 92 so george george carlin i mean he's been gone since 2008 14 years and i remember when he died and it was just it, it was startling it was startling and then talking to people who met him saying no they saw it coming. They saw it coming. And um, I will always, I mean, just be in awe of him. Recently, back in April, his br- older brother, Patrick, died. How old was Patrick? Okay, here we go. Okay, Patrick, Patrick, no, or that was the fall. Oh, yeah. Patrick Carlin, Jr. It's funny because they both had Patrick in the name because, you know, George was George Dennis Patrick Carlin. Maybe a little that was the confirmation name, too. You know, if you're if you're an Irish Catholic, it's a confirmation name. I I was baptized Catholic, but I didn't have a confirmation because I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Patrick Carlin died um, in San Jose in April of 2022. Um, okay, he died April 16th at 90. So he, he had a long run. He was one of, um, George's closest confidants in growing up and in adulthood, and then helped him write and helped him produce. And, you know, him and Kelly were the keepers of the flame. Um, but I wanted to talk about jamming in New York because jamming in New York that that really brought him back. Okay, it was George Carlin's 14th album and 8th HBO special recorded on April 24th, 25th, 1992 at the Paramount Theater on the grounds of the Madison Square Garden in New York City. Topics include the war in the Persian Gulf, similarities and differences among average Americans and language used at airports. The album won a a Grammy Award in 1993 for Best Spoken Comedy Album. Yep. On-air HBO promos of the live broadcast on April twenty-fifth, 1992, referred to the program as George Carlin, Live at the Paramount. The show is for Sam, appear. This is a reference to comedian Sam Kinison, who had died in a car crash two weeks before the recording. Carlin considered jamming in New York, his favorite and best HBO special, And that's why I wanted to talk about that is how it was a renaissance for him. It was a renaissance because he had been written off. And if you hear in that trailer, uh, Bill Burr talking about how in 1988 they were going to go make fun of him because he was this older comic and he had had lost his way. And he even said that he lost his way. And how jamming in New York was his resurgence. He, He was back. And... What better than to have it in the place of his birth, New York? So, you know, I'm not going to really play any more clips, but um, George Carlin, I mean, come on, come on. I know people who are scared of him. <laughs> Those are usually people, you know, on the far right. Some, Some on the far right love him. I mean, you know, I have friends who are on the right and they love him. And then there are those who just don't like anything liberal, and that's fine. That's fine. That's that's what you want. <laughs> um, I always find it funny people like that. Like I'd mentioned, Burning Man. They said oh, it was too liberal for me, and and yet they're posting pictures of um. Was it, uh, like a hideaway? And I thought, wait a minute, you know, a liberal came up with that. <laughs> a liberal came up with that liberals love we love you know um nature so if that's too liberal for you i don't i don't know what the fuck is wrong with you um yeah 2022 two-part documentary about the comedian george carlin part one part one is at the dawn of the 1960s comedy scene a clean-cut carlin works the bland variety show circuit but soon realizes he was meant for something edgier He trades his suit and tie for blue jeans and finds that his eloquence and sometimes brutal candor resonate with counterculture audiences. Propelled by sales of his four gold album comedy records released on Flip Wilson's Little David label, appearances on talk shows, and frequent touring, Carlin becomes a major comedic force of the 1970s. Part 2. In the 1980s, Carlin faces, faces major challenges, His audiences are shrinking. Some critics deem him passe. and His family is suffering because of his cocaine use and his wife's alcoholism. He approaches his uh, material with a new vigor and fills comedy clubs and large venues with his insight and increasingly critical observations about politics, life, and human behavior. Yep. It was beautiful. It was powerful. And it so deservedly... Earned the Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Special Emmy, It was also nominated for Outstanding Directing for a Documentary Nonfiction Program. It should have won. Outstanding Picture Editing for a Nonfiction Program. It should have won. Outstanding Sound Editing for a Non. Nomi- it should have won. Outstanding Sound Mixing. It should have fucking won. And it is nominated for Television Critics Association Awards Outstanding Achievement in News and Information. It's also nominated or was nominated for Best Streaming Docu Series or non-fiction series, George Carlin's American Dream. And we know why it's called The American Dream. Because he said, it's called The American Dream because you have to be asleep to realize it. That's true. That's true. I Trust me, I'm not trying to do his impression. But I I love this documentary. And I wanted to talk about it because it's so profound. So it really deservedly so won that Emmy. It really did. And I want to thank everyone that was part of the making of this documentary. But first and foremost, we have to give thanks to Kelly Carlin McCall. We do. And thank you. Thank you for sharing your father with us, but also sharing your insight into life, into humor. And he would be very proud of this documentary, and I know I was proud because I'll admit something to you, my audience. The reason why I couldn't finish it on May twentieth is because I took an edible, <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm watching it all really all the reason all, all the way th- throughout it, I realized, oh shit, I think I just had a minor stroke anyway i I realized, oh shit. I can't finish this because when you're on those things, you can't focus. So I just went to sleep. And then the next day, went and had Mexican food. And then I came back and I finished it. <laughs> and it was out of this fucking world. So that's the Dr. Seuss phone Podcast. You can find George Carlin's American Dream on HBO's app. their HBO Max app. And it should be on DVD and Blu-ray soon. So as always, unpleasant dreams and go fuck yourselves.